This is how we get fully automated luxury queer space communism. Gundams. Everybody has a Gundam. Healthcare. Gundams. No more spending money on war? What are we going to use that money for? Gundams. Gundams. Yeah, that's great. Then we'll have a bunch of weird spinoffs about where we're still fighting in Gundams, but we're also really sad about it. Or we're children. Or we're SD. What happens when some bad people get the Gundams? I have to think about this now. Why did we let the bad person have the Gundam? Oh, right, because a Gundam in every garage. Gundam! Look, it's fine if the bad person has the Gundam, because again, Ilan Omar has the Gundam. She's going mm-hmm. to save us. Right. <laughs> see, see, you counteract the bad Gundams with the good Gundams. It's exactly. Just, that's just anime. It's just anime <laughs> law. And we're all All the anime sheriffs. (laughs) All right. That's enough talking about politics, even though we are, you know, again, as wrestling journalists, we are the number one political commentators for our Hall of Fame president hellscape world. So let's talk about the other part of wrestling or anime, I guess. Wrestling. Yeah, it plays either way. This week... You say you want a revolution? Well, you know, we got a full rundown of the card with our predictions, in addition to coverage of tonight's Go Home Dynamite with an Iron Man match. We even play a game of its NXT, do you care? All this and more tonight on Heal Alternative. one and all it is wednesday february 26 2020 and welcome to heal alternative episode 19 in fact of heal alternative pro wrestling.cool's posse podcast covering aew nxt and the wide world of professional wrestling outside vince's purview heck of a show for you tonight and let us not waste any more time especially because it's really hard for me to do this intro looking at trace's faces that he's making here on the live stream that we're doing over at twitch.tv slash pro wrestling you can check us out there we're moderating the chat so send us your questions and your comments and we will get to them as we deem fit i'm your host john gavrisky maxwell of course trace evans joining me hey john how's it going i'm doing okay i'm tired and burned out from work being ridiculous and podcasting being ridiculous and oh god why did we do so many casual fridays yeah that's understandable in that regard i i don't know my my entire last night was a vince poop joke except more food poisoning type stuff and so i'm between that and a lot of just random streams i'm trying to do now it's been a lot Yeah, I've also been, like, fighting off a stomach bug for basically, like, a week and a half, two weeks straight. I should probably do something about that, but instead I'm just continuing to go to work and having a bad time. So, yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm tired and falling apart, basically. It's great! Hey, this is the one you care about, though. This is the one we all get to care about. Exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm here with energy and gusto or something like that. And not just, like, you know, doing what I do in Heel Turn and being like, yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, uh. 
That happened, I yeah. guess. It was yeah, sure. pretty good. Alexa was there. <laughs> she wasn't there. She wasn't there. She's she's on SmackDown. Oh, right. And Damn. also It's good again, it's good that I had my headphones on so that the, the word wasn't triggered. For this, so that we're not we're not doing that bit on this show. That can no. stay on the mothership of saying the a word and making my echo freak out. I totally forgot that was your thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a good thing because uh, I'm introducing a new wrestler called Xbox Turn Off. Yes, <laughs> it's a good thing because nobody has a connect anymore. People unplug that shit. Sorry, Oscar. Oscar, unplug that shit. What are you doing? I mean, what Oscar's doing is being sick, and that's why he's not here. Because, yeah, we, we talked to him for a little bit before we started doing the show. And, mm-hmm. boy, howdy, he he sounds like he is uh, having a rough time. And I'm yeah, glad that you took like some hell. NyQuil. And, yeah, like, I'm glad you took some NyQuil and you were getting some sleep, man, because, mm-hmm. yo, feel better. Yeah, feel better. Like, holy crap, he should not be doing this. No. Putting into stark perspective that, like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm just tired and sad. Like, mm-hmm. I can go. Yeah, and I just had like a, you know, minor stomach issues that just involve uh, sitting down on the toilet and crying for like thirty minutes. It's okay. It's all gonna be okay. We're all gonna be okay, folks, because it's time to get plur and talk about the good wrestling of the week. Yeah, we and we're sure gonna are. start by playing a little game Ooh. of it's NXT. Do you care? Ooh. I'm gonna run down the card of this week's NXT because honestly, I kind of found it sort of dull and just didn't mm-hmm. really care to watch it except for the main event. Uh, and I'm going to ask if you care or not. And if you do, then we'll talk about it. And if you don't, then I'll give you like a sentence or two about it and we'll move on. Sounds good. So let's do it, Trace. Let's do it. Starting off the show, Dominic Dijakovic fought someone other than Keith Lee. Do you what? care? I don't care only because... <laughs> We already made the joke in our group chat when you mentioned who he was actually fighting. Both of us said that's a really cruel thing to say about Keith Lee. <laughs> like two of us in unison, the other two being me and Oscar. It's true. It is true. He fought, as I put it, he fought Top Hat Moron Cameron Grimes. The character I still don't understand and I'm still not really into and just don't get this whole fucking thing. And hey, it didn't really matter, I guess, because uh, Cameron Grimes won after fucking Damian Priest got involved and attacked Dominic Dijakovic for some reason. My eyes are rolling at that, but now I just had a realization about Top Hat Man. Top Hat Man. I'm wondering if maybe like Vince tuned into like five seconds in new japan caught a glimpse of that one outfit of juice robinson and then ran the triple h and said we need this in nxt and thus cameron grimes is born yeah i don't know i mean i still feel like they're going the the whole vibe they're still going for is i'm a weird dirty carny from like the bayou or something it's like no i don't have any I don't look. Maybe this is just I don't have any understanding of what this gimmick could possibly be as like some a fucking like city kid New Yorker liberal scumbag that like has never really lived anywhere outside of a metropolitan area. But also, what the fuck is this? It seems awfully dirty and not like a fun way or an interesting way to me. I don't know who relates to this. I really don't. Nope. 
he seems like a character that exists on some kind of weird prestige television show that's also like a David Lynch thing. <laughs> Somebody really wanted to remake The Red Room. And so here he is to help you find the killer inside your mind. That was like the David Lynch thing, right? Of course it was. Uh, print it. What if the killer was the friends we made along the way? All inside the Red Room! It is happening again. <laughs> Wait, sorry, no, they, I don't know when Keith Lee Dominic happening. It's gonna happen again, we know it. Oh, I mean, they literally said it's going to happen again, so of course. But there are other things that are happening again. I can't Albeit. wait till we're starting to talk about Keith Lee, Dominic Dajkovic 100. <laughs> It'll happen. Well, hey, don't worry. Well, we have next week on, on NXT, they've announced that we're going to have the, uh, the women's version of this, uh, of this parable when we get to see <laughs> Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai again. Oh, yay, as if we didn't get too much of that already because that's not been a quality feud. Hey, but this time it's in a steel cage. Oh, great. So now somebody gets to run in and interfere at, when somebody crawls out the door. I can't believe Raquel Gonzalez was still able to get involved in this match somehow. What are the odds? Weird how there's a door on the cage that allows that to happen. And it's locked from the outside, allowing somebody to easily unlock it if they grab the keys. Also, since they, have, also since they have the cage, they, for whatever reason, decided to do fucking Velveteen Dream Roderick Strong again, even though Dream clearly, cleanly won that match. Great. Love it. What the fuck are they doing with this show? I feel like this booking is get, reaching the quality of, like, the whole up, up, down, down, uh, Tyler Breeze, Austin Creed booking stuff, where they just throw <laughs> stuff together in five minutes and say, it's pretty good, it gets all my stars in it. <laughs> all right, I mean, that at least seems like it's fun. This just mm -hmm. is confusing to me. And right. on that note, let's talk about the next thing here. Yeah. The boy, Prinks, has a new feud. Do you care? I actually am interested to hear who it is. Finn Balor came out and cut a promo just running down how he fucking gave the Balor rub to basically all these other idiots that he beat, like Druganov and uh, Riddle and Gargano. Mm -hmm. And he's like, who the fuck's next? I don't have anything to do for WrestleMania weekend. What the fuck's up? And then out comes fucking Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Oh. Oh, okay. And um. they fucking... And they fucking challenge Finn Balor Walt, on Walter's behalf. And okay. they beat the shit out of Finn Balor. Okay, I mean, Finn and Walter sounds good. So here's the thing that the perspective I come at it from is that okay. Finn and Walter does sound fucking awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like that yeah. is going to be a banger of a match. Like you tell me Finn and Walter like, okay, fucking fucking a I'm sold. Like I just, yep. I want to see that match just because I want to see that fucking spectacle. Mm -hmm. Who's the face? Uh, where are they fighting? Tampa. And WrestleMania crowd, uh, Walter's face. Like, what the what the fuck? Like, you've had Walter, who's basically your top dominant heel on fucking, uh, you know, on on fucking NXT UK. Not because he doesn't really anything like evil per se. No. Although I guess you know his his 
Imperium boys do will do the fucking run in and protect him, Adam Cole style sometimes. But like, because he's just a big, imposing, scary monster man who's kind of a dick and will beat the shit out of you. Finn Balor is also going for this weird like. I'm the pranks. I'm I'm Bullet Club, real rock and roller, but we can't say the BC word. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pointing my guns. Why do I have guns? I don't know. Cause I'm the pranks. There is an X over the C. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Yeah, I I really don't understand where what I I don't think they have anything planned for Finn Balor. If they do this match, it I'm thinking about it more. It's going to be a face face match. It's going to be like Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura, except nobody's nearly that excited for it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's... But I don't know, because I feel like it's going to be that just because of the crowd, but I also mm-hmm. don't think that, like... I think that Finn Balor is going to still do his Finn Balor thing and, like, you know, be Dick Finn Balor. Like, he's still yeah. going to heal it up. Walter's still going to be Walter. Like... I guess by that regard, like, you're right. Walter's just going to, you know, de facto become the baby face because it's just, look at this big, strong, chunky boy. Look at him fuck this little asshole up. This is awesome. Yeah, and you also get a bunch of European fans showing up for WrestleMania, so they'll be cheering him. Yeah, true. I I actually didn't even consider that. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Regardless, though, I don't. I don't understand why they're doing this other than they just really don't have any direction for Finn whatsoever other than I feel like they just need to buy some time until after Tampa so that they can have him be the first challenger to who I presume is going to be the new champion Velveteen Dream. I mean, there you go. That's really what they should be doing. And they're just like waiting and throwing him into a meaningless feud that really doesn't matter for the weekend. Which sucks because that's basically all they've done with Finn at this point. Sure you know, is. granted, it, it started off not their fault because they had to delay the the, the Johnny Gargano one because, mm. you know, Johnny got, got that concussion or whatever the fuck happened to him. It's definitely a concussion, though. Let's be honest. Right. If they're not saying what it is, it's a concussion. We know how yep. this company works. Yep. Um. So, yeah, they, then they had to go with Riddle, and then they, you know, had the Druganoff thing because Worlds Collide, and then, like, mm-hmm. you know, Gargano, they had to wait until, like, take over Portland for that. But still, it's just indicative of where Finn's at now, which is just complete and utter holding pattern. We moved him to NXT to make him happy, but we didn't actually really have any thought of how to use him. Yeah, I, I feel like most of these huge you've mentioned just don't even interest me from the get-go. And they've done nothing to build them up in an interesting way, as far as I'm concerned. From what little I know of them. Indeed. And, you know, I don't... I'm Look, I know that this match is going to be awesome, and I'm sure that they're going to do some things to make me excited for this match. But I also don't see them really fixing the problem of, like, getting me really excited to see Finn Balor as a character. Other than just, I like Finn Balor. I know he's a good wrestle man, and I know that mm-hmm. in NXT he actually gives a fuck. Yeah, my legit thought here is that he should team up with Killer Cross, and they should just go rampaging and do Bullet Club shit, and just I mean, make no pretense that it's just new Bullet Club. It would be very cool, especially since yeah, they showed a bunch of stuff uh, of weird v- video vignettes of like apocalyptic shit and uh, clocks ticking down. So hey, I wonder who that is. Yeah, that's 100% Killer Cross. He's apocalyptic. He 
basically has a scorched earth policy that the world's going to shit, so he's just going to break everybody. And TikTok. Yes, that's him. Tick, TikTok, baby. Yeah, follow him on TikTok. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But maybe you'll get excited about this match, though. Xia Lee and Mia Yim did a thing. Do you care? I'm interested at how good Xia Lee looked. I don't know that I care about it otherwise. Sally looked pretty good, but admittedly, like, this match was all in service of setting up Dakota Kai's next feud because for some reason she decided to come out in the middle of the match with Raquel and cut a promo on the ra- on the fucking ramp. Just being like, I remember when I, you took my spot in the War Games match and then I took you out of the War Games match. Blah, 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 blah. And in the middle of all this, me, Yim gets rolled up by Xia which, yeah, I don't get... And that is just waste of a match and waste of, basically... I guess Mia Yim Dakota Kai makes sense, better sense than just redoing Tegan Knox to death and back. But also, you're still doing Tegan Knox next week, yeah. and you already did Mia Yim Dakota Kai. Remember that fucking thing where, like, Dakota Kai... Mm beat Mia Yim in the match and then Mia Yim immediately got her heat back by putting her through like fucking two tables right the whole meaningless match there yeah 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 so everything that's happened will happen again but maybe they'll do it better this time but why should I care because I've already seen it yeah I don't really care too much about that I just like okay cool let's give Zaya at least some roll ups rather than trying to make her look awesome and badass like a spicy girl that she is and admittedly, I think the indication that I'm more interested in Zia Lee here than Mia Yim speaks volumes. Yeah, and it's like, I do I do like Mia Yim. I think that they haven't done enough to really build her up, but, yeah. They've not. And, yeah, it's like, at this point, you might as well strap her alongside Keith Lee and just make that whole relationship open and known and them just working together. I mean, honestly, it's the sad thing to think about that, like, they have people that I know are really fucking good from the indies and really enjoyed their stuff yeah. that I've seen in the indies, like, say, a Amiya Yim or a yeah. Candle to Ray. And yeah. I don't give a fuck about any of them because they've given us no reason to. Yeah, exactly. Like, the most I care about, like, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, um, Candice LeRae, and Tegan Knox right now is just because they do video game stuff on Up, Up, Down, Down. That's literally it. Speaking of one of those people, though, mm-hmm. Austin Theory had that match against Rage Daddy that they announced last week. Do yeah. you care? I don't. Fair enough. I will say that this match was really good. Like, for, for Theory's, like, first NXT television match, this was a very long and competitive match, and they made him look really good and really, like, you know, I'm honestly, I would say even, like, mm-hmm. that maybe it was even to the detriment that because I feel like maybe they should have put Ciampa over stronger considering that he was literally just in that fucking hellacious TakeOver Portland match. Mm-hmm. Possibly. That would make a lot of sense. I, I feel like maybe this is how they should have introed Austin Theory rather than that whole thing last week. 
Yeah, like I definitely think that like the thing last week did not help make the case for why right. this match should have been like a 15-minute like barn burner. And again, a really good match and a really good showing for Austin Theory. Austin Theory is really good, but and like you know, I I think that again, I think that there is some value. Like we talked about with Jeff Cobb last week, I think, mm-hmm. or like even with like Pentagon Junior in Lucha Underground, I think yep. there is a lot of value in. My first match on a show, I lose it, but I look so fucking strong, and I look like I could have had that. Yeah, that's how you should intro somebody like that if they're not just going to get a win. You know, make them at least look like they've got a hell of a lot of potential. Get that upside showing. And if you had to show anything about Austin Theory last week, just make it a quick vignette or a promo, something to put him over so people get an introduction to who the fuck he is. Yeah. But that said, like, you know, exactly like you said, I don't think it was helped by, like, him kind of looking like a chump last week because, like, Ciampa just interrupted him and then beat the shit out of him when he tried to be like, yo, what the fuck? And then, again, I feel like it's kind of weird for this match to be so competitive when literally, like, we're talking about the dude that just only lost a fucking hellacious 33-minute main event takeover match because Johnny Gargano brained him with the NXT championship. Exactly. Like, at that point, it's like that... He is getting really devalued here. Like, I feel like you could have done this... I feel like you could have had the exact same effect and done it with, like, I don't know, a Keith Lee or a fucking... Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. A Velveteen Dream, even. Yeah, either one of them would be great. So, yeah, it's weird, quizzical at best. But still a really good match, and then, yeah, yeah, the ending segment was Johnny Gargano beating the absolute dog shit out of Ciampa. So, that's cool. Cool, we're going to get that again. I mean, like, that, I have no problem with that again. Just, like, do it right this time. You've got no excuse now. Yeah, I it's I do think it's very I do think it's a little strange that now the story is basically that the roles are completely inverted and I don't think that they've really done and admittedly I was gonna say they haven't done a really good job of explaining that but admittedly it's because they haven't done any job of explaining that. Right, I feel like at some point if they don't have Candice LeRae look at Johnny and say you've become what you hate you hate or something along those lines, then they've truly irrevocably fucked up here. Yep. Like, they haven't given any context yet. Like, Johnny Gargano hasn't even said a single thing about why he did what he did. Which, you know, look, it's not like we don't know why he did it. It's not like we don't know what the story is already. But you still gotta say it. You do. You have to make it clear for somebody just joining in. You can't just have this be, you know, this guy's just a weird asshole beating up on the, the beardy man. They were friends. Now they're not friends. I don't know. Yeah, it's like everything needs a little more context than that. Doesn't need a whole lot, just needs a little. So, but you could hear that good match. Yeah, no, a very good match. Even if I think that it was maybe not the best use of either of them. Right. But anyway. Yep. Killian Dane still does not have a gun. Do you care? I especially don't care right now. Like he needs that gun. Give him the gun. God damn it! That's the only thing that makes him worthwhile. I will say I I was surprised that Killian Dane actually won a match. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and I and I guess it's cuz they're now trying to build him up to be a potential North American championship uh, you know, contender against Keith Lee. But man, like 
I went into this match thinking like, oh, yeah, no, Bronson Reed's going to fucking kill him. It's fucking Killian Dane. Who cares? And yeah. then he won. And I was just like, oh, all right. Well, good for him. I still don't believe this because you've basically just made him Samoa Joe at this point. Yeah, you basically know, every big guy like him. violation. Oh, yeah, true. That, yeah, on top of that. Yeah, it's. I feel like any big guy like him just inevitably sinks into the mid card and is just pushed up always just enough to lose to somebody who's bigger than them and better than them. Yep. Always pushed up just enough to make, like, you know, someone else look good. Yep. But it's not going to be as effective because, you know, look, Big Damo is is a big, chonky boy. He is Mm -hmm. not as big as Keith Lee. That is true. There's going to be a very serious size difference in those two big men. And, like, but not, like, a size difference in the way that, like, you know... With Dijakovic, where, like, hey, yeah, Dijakovic's nowhere near as, like, big and built out, but he's also tall. Mm-hmm. That he is. Like, Damo is similarly heighted to Keith Lee and not as big, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that feud, honestly. And it sucks, because I want to love Killian Dane. Me too. I really do. He is not a bad person. He's just... <sighs> Look, Sandy was such a good role for him, and they yep. haven't given him a good role since then. They- no. Like, his character is kind of just... His character is basically... I'm an Irish Republican from the 70s or 80s, but not actually, you know, revolutionary. Don't actually ask me what 26 plus 6 equals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I, I feel like the whole... It's one. <laughs> It's a case of, like, they've got a couple people here. See if you can spot the thread in all our podcasts. A lot of floundering, trying to find places for people to belong in NXT. It used to fly a lot more before they started trying to put it up against another main event show. Yep. It all It's all stuff that, like, we were... It's You know, it's the thing that we keep coming back to. It's all stuff that we were able to really give a pass to when it was just like, this is the developmental show. We're watching these yep. people figure out gimmicks. We're watching them grow and learn how to be on television. Now mm-hmm. they're on television, and it's like... Yep. Okay, it's still not working, and, you're, and you've also just added an extra hour, so you've exacerbated the problem, though... Precisely, and it yeah, does not get easier from here because now there is a TV record of everything they've done, not just an online internet one that we can kind of ignore because who's going to go back and watch all those online shows? Hmm? I, I Apparently, don't. this was the 10th anniversary of NXT, this episode. Oh, Jesus. God, it's been that long, yeah. I'm I mean, surprised that they're counting the reality show, but okay. It then counts the reality show? Jeez. Oh, God, it would have to, yeah. Yeah, it count. Yeah, it counts the. Yeah, it counts the the, the competition show. Because yeah, because the, this NXT didn't start until like 2012. Right. True. Okay. Because yeah, I'm thinking about like, Jesus. Yeah, the very first reality show. Was the one time I really gave a, hor- a horrific shit about NXT because like, oh my god, they've got Brian Danielson in there, and that was like one of my last big hurrahs for liking WWE. Is like I really want to see this guy do well, and then they kicked <laughs> him off that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did that go? Uh, not too well. For a while, I was like, I had to start saying, I don't think I'm going to watch Shepard anymore. They really aren't treating this guy right. Hmm. Weird narrative. Repeats a lot. 
God, I remember when I started watching NXT and it was like, oh shit, Chris Hero's here as Cassius Ono? That's cool. <laughs> How much things have changed. Oh, poor Cassius Ono. Uh, you know, Cassius, I still love you from that time that I met you at a Kaiju Big Battle show. Yeah, you were really cool. You know, age does a lot of things to a lot of us. Sometimes that cardio just doesn't cut it anymore. Age adds 100 pounds to us all. <laughs> yep. And then the cameras add another 300. Holy shit. Anyway, one last point on this on this yeah. topic that we've gone widely off topic of before we move yeah. on with NXT. You think Killian Dean supports Shin Fein? Um, Repeat that again? Sorry, I caught a little weirdness there. You think Killian Dean supports Shin Fein? I actually don't know who that is. The... The Irish uh, Socialist Party that won the elections? You know, I'm actually kind of scared to find out. I don't know. True, this is wrestling. It, this could go either way. He could be a David Starr, or he could be... He could be a lot of things. I guess we'll have to wait to find out for when he becomes a podcaster and tries to go for the Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, God. You know, it's just, I'm just trying to bring the conversations, trying to bring both sides of the table. The weird stuff you don't normally see somewhere. Bring it to the table so that we can have a conversation about it. Yeah, okay, you know, Grandpa. It's, it's real weird to have to think about the fact that, like, one week after, being, after us being pissed off at Chris Jericho for bringing on, like, coronavirus conspiracy theory people, mm-hmm. now we're cool with Chris Jericho for saying trans rights. Uh, look, I'm not cool with him. I think he's doing the minimal amount of effort towards this. I mean, good on him for making that effort. You got a lot more work to do there, Chris boy. I mean, yeah, sure. But I, I will say that I definitely have been heartened to see how fucking, mm-hmm. like, much he is going for bat on for Nile on social media and just, like, telling everybody on his Instagram to fuck all the way off. Yeah, I do appreciate the hell out of that. I, I think it's one of those things, like... You get people like him ranting and saying stupid shit and then actually talk to someone who's transgender and holy shit, weird, the perspective changes and they start actually siding with you. It's almost as if there's learning moments here. Yeah. And it it also helps that like, and you know what, what does it say out there, internet? What does it say to all you turfs and turds and transphobes and other people out there what does it say that a man who has been wrestling for 30 years and has like untold amount of brain damage from all this fucking shit what does it say that he gets this and you don't totally fair exactly it's like it ain't hard folks turfs get the one-winged angel fuck all y'all they also get anyway paper cuts (laughs) anyway they're booking the Forgotten Sons as baby faces. Fuck this. You don't care. I don't In fact, care. you should be offended by this. Fuck this shit. I'm like, offended by this. You want to talk about, like, bad a booking to test something out there on TV land. The Forgotten Sons were already literally forgotten wrestlers thrown into a faction together, and now we're trying to make faces out of their horrible shit? No. No. Fuck off with this. The story of this match was that... The grizzled young veterans, who I guess are now just going to be on NXT for a while instead of going back to the UK. Uh, the, the grizzled young veterans were saying some shit or whatever and being all like, we're we're British. Brits cool. Fuck America. And fucking uh, 
fucking Forgotten Sons posted the the Marine copy pasta. Oh, because you know because Jackson Riker is all like, right. "You what? I'm a fucking Marine, bro." And, and he didn't so, get dishonorably discharged like RKO. Not that I know of. Okay, cool. I feel I like mean, they would have mentioned that when he was Gunner. Probably would have. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just. Yeah, I I don't cotton much to the whole idea of I'm not from here. Look at my crazy passport as a gimmick. It's just so fucking old. It was done in the 80s. It was bad then. It's bad now. This shit was dumb. I genuinely don't even know what happened in this match or who won. Who gives a fuck? Fuck the Forgotten Sons. Yeah, fuck him. And finally, Mm -hmm. Flair versus Belair. But do you care? I'm going to say... With all respect to Bianca Belair, who is a fantastic athlete, I can't possibly care about this because there's only one possible outcome because somebody decided to cash in their Royal Rumble ticket for a match they could have gotten anyways. You're not wrong, but that said, this match was fucking awesome. God damn, it's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm sad. I, I will say that, you know, for those that didn't listen to the... Uh, the NXT TakeOver Portland review over at uh, Patreon.cool for just $5. You can get our full thoughts on it. But, you know, just a Cliff Notes version here since, you know, we're a fucking week out. Who gives a fuck? Week and a half out. Who gives a fuck? Right, like, right. one thing that Owen and I kind of talked about it has was how that match didn't really work for us because it just, at least for me, the story fell off. Like, it felt like the story of that match was supposed to be, like, two real tough ladies just hitting each other with fucking bombs. It's not like they're this, this big hoss fight or something, but it's just they're no. hitting each other and they're just just going to keep toughing it out and just like pulling out all the stops to do everything and it just it didn't tell that story it just didn't work this match told yeah. that fucking story and honestly i will say that like you know not only did uh, obviously bianca look fucking awesome i love bianca she right. is a fucking star she has star material written all over her. the fact that you are not like pushing her to the fucking moon right now is a travesty but yeah, with ridiculous. all of that said i will say that the thing that really stood out to me in this match is holy shit i forgot that like when she's actually pushing herself when she's actually forced to push herself charlotte can fucking go yeah, Charlotte Flair, I think, is like the Bret Hart of women's wrestling right now in that, and I know, no offense to Natty Neidhart, but, like, Charlotte has the ability to wrestle goddamn well, she just doesn't have much charisma in the ring beyond that, it's just solid. Okay, fair, I guess, guess when you put it that way, because... Yeah, I, mean, no, I, like, I got it back to I mean, there, I know. I Bester is, Bester was, Bester ever will be, when Sasha Banks is still here, I know she's dead, but come on! No, Sasha Banks has, like, a fuck ton of charisma, though, like, I... I'm sorry, for everybody who's a Bret Hart fan gets offended by this, Bret Hart is one of the goddamn best, but the dude did not have, like, that immediate bout of charisma that hit you with him. It was just, he was just cool as shit and quiet. It's true. A Lance Storm type, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just there's a certain type of person, and it's like, it's not the kind of guy you're going to hear glass breaking or that guitar riff, and you're going to just completely lose your mind. You're going to just cheer the fuck out because, holy shit, this is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, I will say, watching Charlotte pull out some fucking crate, like, some real fucking, like, actual, like, submission kind of chain wrestling towards the end of the match where, like, Bianca mm-hmm. came off of the, Bianca was going to do, like, a moonsault off of the, the top rope. Uh, Charlotte caught her and nice. put her, like, basically caught her, put her in, like, a very high-angle Boston Crab. 
Bianca starts to get out of it. Charlotte switches into a stretch muffler, which I've never seen her do a fucking stretch muffler before. No, and that me was neither. pretty cool. Oh, okay. Like, there's some really like watching Charlotte actually pull out some fucking shit in this match. It was it was damn good, and it actually mm-hmm. made me pretty excited for this, and it really put into stark contrast of, like, yeah, no, I honestly, I do kind of see why they're putting Charlotte in this Rhea match, because, like, especially if you want to build up, if they, you really care about building up Rhea as, like, here is our young 23-year-old talent that is gonna, like, that we want to plan on having beat here for a part of this division for a long fucking time, like, yeah. this match definitely convinced me that, like, you know, in a lot of the ways where we talked about in the Portland match where like it kind of felt like both of them were sort of too green for it and maybe not ready for that. Charlotte is definitely the type of person that I think is going to get that match that they really need out of Rhea. Which that is exciting because they need to get that match out of her. They cannot flounder on this now that they've sent somebody to challenge an NXT superstar. Yeah. They flounder like, on that they're, they're screwed. Yep. So... Especially if, and especially if they're going to let Rhea go over, I'm still juries out on that one. But I, I don't see any other way though. Like if you have Charlotte go over, then she's basically sending herself down. Like you can say whatever you want about NXT being on equal level with Raw and SmackDown. It's not. It it's never true. will be. It can't but be don't, the way it is. But don't forget, this is Vince Land, baby. I know it's Vince Land. I'm just saying, like you, you got it. You can say what you want, but it doesn't make it true. And, like, we've said this before with Vince Land. Like, he can believe all the bullshit in his head he wants, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean the fans are going to buy into it. Yep. And anyway, the, so yeah. then Charlotte won with the natural selection, and yeah. then after the match decided to fucking uh, break Bianca's ankle with a, oh, with a fucking chair and beat the shit out of her while Rhea was coming out. And, like, I, I did appreciate this. Charlotte's like, oh, Rhea's coming out? I don't give a fuck. I'm still going to beat the ever-loving dog shit out of you. Who cares? <laughs> there you and go. then Rhea finally gets to the ring, and Charlotte's like, come on, let's go, let's go. And then Rhea goes to the ring, and Charlotte immediately leaves. <laughs> Pretty decent. Yep. Yep. Still don't know how to feel about this match, but at least that this character work... Pretty decent. They're make doing a good job of of being like, hey, weird, weird how NXT knows how to book Charlotte and make her be a fucking like good heel. It's almost like NXT was the only place the Charlotte was ever actually enjoyable. I mean, look, the Four Horsemen and BFFs, um, was it BFFs? I forget what. No, B. It was Bay best at everything, or that yeah, whole, all yeah, those was, groups. Yeah, it was Bay when they when they kicked out uh, Summer Rae. Right. But all of that is just proof that, you know, that was when they were firing on all cylinders for the women. Yep. And, again, they've just got to fire on all those cylinders again with what they've done here, what they've gotten themselves into. So, I'm excited for that if they're starting to fire on that. If they're hear starting to fire for that old rusty cylinder. Hear me out here, though. Mm-hmm. Bay Reunion, bring back the Summer Ray head on a stick. <laughs> I'm in. I'm anyway, in. that... That's NXT. It was a show. There will yeah. be another one next week with two steel cage matches. And then there will be sure. another one after that. And another one after that. And another one after that until TakeOver Tampa. And then it will continue and it'll probably stay the exact same. John, these shows don't change in their time slot. In fact, we might say we might have at least four more years of this. 
Well, <laughs> maybe not if, if we have to send Triple H to Central Park. We'll I see. Mean, I'm just... Ooh, we could. Ooh. We could, we could send Triple H to Central Park. What if we send him Central Park and then as he's stepping up there, we start playing his old My Time music? How pissed would he be as he gets, you know... <laughs> one, two, this on? Nope, no, chink, it's not on anymore. We cut it off. Sorry, sorry, Vince and Triple H. I know you thought you were going to get out of this, but it turns out that you have no chance in hell. AEW <laughs> uh, is yo. another wrestling company that does good wrestling shows. Yo, this week, John, has been some interesting fucking stuff with AEW. It really has. Like, we got to start with the first announcement. This morning, they made it. They didn't even wait for any re- revealing or anything like that. Everybody dies. Everybody dies, Trace. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Lance Archer, formerly of New Japan, is all elite. As soon as he starts finally putting his foot on the gas pedal and looking incredible as a single star, AEW moves in. They snap him up. This is one of the best moves they can make for all the talent that's out there right now. And this is like, and no disrespect to him because I like him, this is a better move than Jeff Cobb. And Absolutely, I think so. This, he is one of the best big men out there right now. He moves incredibly well, very fast. Um, he's got in his absolute shtick on the mic like he's gonna have trouble a little bit like they gotta set on some good music because they can't use the new japan one that's one of those ones that new japan's in-house guy does a great job with but they've got a guy who's on the mic is just one of the scariest dudes and everything i've heard too he's like he's really nice backstage as well so it's not like scary backstage as well he apparently tried to murder brandon stroud I mean, I, I can't blame him. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I do wonder if it's because of those things that I've heard about Brandon Stroud that he mm-hmm. wanted to murder him. Like, In I'm, which case, you know what? Critical support, Comrade Archer. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Like, If it's something like that, then no problem. And if it's not something like that, you know what? You go anyways, uh, Lance. Anyways, we're going to be hearing more about this next week. They said after Revolution, he is going to be at the next Dynamite. In Denver, and I don't know what in what capacity, if he's just going to show up for an interview, if he's going to kill somebody, if he's going to have a match. doesn't matter. I'm, I'm in. I want to see it. Who do you think they'll bring out as the Young Lion equivalent for him to just march around the ring and beat the fuck out of before a match? Ooh, I got to consult the AEW rankings for this one. Um, <laughs> it could either be, in my opinion, uh, Brandon Cutler... Or, screw it, bring the guy they haven't shown yet, Vanilla Vance. Beat the shit out of him. Sure, okay. See, um, what I was thinking is maybe, uh-huh. like, maybe the maybe what you do is the way that you debut him is you mm-hmm. have him come in as a fucking baby face, and he just wanders around the ring just beating the shit out of Dark Order Creepers. Yo, I'd be in for that. Yeah, you would! Oh, shit, I'd be so in for that. Because, yeah, he would just... Oh, he'd wreck shop so well. That'd be great. Long John Silver, whatever your name is, you're done. Yeah. But that's next week. That is next week. We should talk about what happened this week, because, holy fuck, that opening match, though. 
The opening match, I, that's match of the year candidate for me right now. Um, like, literally, I text, I put this in our chat here. It's mm-hmm. like, we got 10 minutes into the match, and I was just like, how the fuck is there 20 more minutes of this? This already mm-hmm. feels like, this already feels like, like a fucking long-ass, like, crazy-ass match. Yeah. This was what I would call Kenny Omega at his New Japan peak right here. This is how he normally does these kind of matches. They're 30-minute classics. He comes out with the Bucks as cornermen, and he and Pac just fucking throw down in the best way. In an iron match, that makes sense, no less, because they have, like, they pause the timer for 30 seconds after each fall. And every, all the brutality, all the moves, it all checked out, including... Pack disqualifying himself for one fall so they could score point on another fall and leave Kenny Omega weaker after the fact. Smart it was a good shit. heel move. It was a great heel move. And there are little nuances that I picked up on. Like, when the Bucks used to be corner men for Kenny in Japan, and it was no different here, they would do little things to try and make sure he was still good. Things you really shouldn't be interfering with during a match. Um, you know, making sure he's got water. Jumping in the ring to make sure he's okay after a break. And even when they're supposed to be out of the ring, pushing him in the ring when he's about to get counted out. Things of that nature. Um, about the only thing they didn't do is bring out a table at his request. Because um, Pack already did that. And there is a freaking nasty table spot in this shooting star press through a table that hit the table in just the right way to pop up the sides in an explosive yeah. manner. God damn. That, it, it looked awesome. That was one of the best table spots I've seen in a while. Yeah, and definitely one thing that stood out to me is, you know, as much as for all you were saying about, like, you know, Kenny, Kenny looking like New Japan Kenny, Kenny looking mm-hmm. like, you know, the actually looking like the best bout machine for the first time in probably since AEW started, if we're being honest. Yeah, I agree. Like, like all of that said, like... I do think that we really do need to call out the fact that, like, you know, for as much as for as much as we know that Pac is also similarly great, can similarly go, mm-hmm. like, there's a reason that he was, like, the fucking undis- undefeated Dragon Gate, Open the Freedom Gate champion, or whatever the fuck it's called, for, like, a year and a half, two years, or something. Like, mm-hmm. all that said, this is definitely, I think, the best that Pac has ever looked to. Like, Pac fucking... Brought his A game and like looked every bit, basically looked every bit of like what I remembered of the first times that I had seen Adrian Neville in NXT when it was like, holy fuck, look at this dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Just was. Look a, at the shit he can pull off. Absolutely brutal. Great ground game. Great high flying game. Guy's got sick strikes. It's just incredible pacing, too. Like, he really understands that, like, heel pacing of a match of just, like, slowing... Of, like, having these high-flying, like, big moves, but also being able to slow it down and, like, really have, like, a methodical pace to it that just really builds those moves up even more, I think. Yeah, and he doesn't do it in... He doesn't have to do it in a way like a lot of heels do, where they're just having to taunt to the crowd and nothing more. He's just... He's just stalking constantly, and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Like, stalking is a really good way to put it, because just the mm-hmm. way he carries himself is just, he gets that heel, heelish nature crossed by just being fucking unnerving. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think we can both agree here. Um, he Having him lose this is kind of strange. Understand why, because yeah, Kenny is a champion. I mean, it's tag champion, granted, but... Um, 
I feel like with the Bucks being there and kind of being a nuisance, not directly interfering with the pack, but that and Kenny kind of taking advantage of him when sudden death was suddenly called after time expired and yep. he was busy attacking a ref rather than figuring out what happens next and nobody knew. Uh, Kenny kind of jumped him and took advantage, got the win. Uh, I feel like he's got a case to make here either for another match against Kenny or just elevating himself up and going straight at um, whomever ends up, you know, winning one of the big matches, be it, you know, Darby Allen or John Moxley or Chris Jericho, which we know it's not going to happen, but I'm just putting it out there. Um, but yeah, going up against another big face in the main event. You know, somebody we've not seen him go at it yet. So I'm excited. Like, this was... A fucking fantastic opener. This was incredible. This legitimately already one of the best matches of the year. I really do be, believe it. Yeah, like a brilliant way to start this show, too. Just like, mm. here's, here's a fucking 30-minute Iron Man match. Let's fucking go. Right. And also, like, Pac <clears throat> looked strong through most of this match. Stronger than Kenny through a lot of it. Especially the end where Kenny basically was fighting for four straight minutes to get out of a brutalizer. And yeah, it was, uh, I, and God damn that, that just, that shit was just so tense. I spent so much of that mm-hmm. time just like going, come on, Kenny, get out of it. Kenny, get out of it. Kenny, get out of it. Mm-hmm. Kenny. If you want like a master class in fighting your way out of a finisher of a submission finisher and not just sitting there in the clutch doing nothing, watch these two do this that is it's so smart because it's never a situation where it's just one person struggling and just sitting there it's not the 15 minutes of bret hart stuck in a cross-faced chicken wing or you know even like something like say uh walls of jericho on cody or something like that Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just incredibly smart all the way through so just again if you didn't see this match, go back and watch it. If you have a chance or a way, do it. It's so good. But while we're disappointed in how the match ended, I think mm-hmm. that I think it's hard to be disappointed in their apology for that, which was Pac cutting a promo, being all angry at Tony Schiavone, and, mm-hmm. then, and then Orange Cassidy's just wandering out, doing his Orange Cassidy thing, and getting the shit beaten out of him. So, apparently, Orange Cassidy's now on his uh, death tour, apparently, because, I mean, not only is he going to go up against Minoru Suzuki in the Indies, he's now going up against Pac. Yeah, and then this all builds into after a match where, uh, God, who was it even again? It was uh, Best Friends versus... Best Friends against the Butcher and the Blade. Right, the Butcher and the Blade, which, honestly, I I, I get that, like, look, you kind of need some people to be jobbers here and there, but, like... It does feel kind of weird that you brought in the Butcher and the Blade and you just have them lose to basically everyone. Yeah, I, I don't. I think they need to be stronger in what they're being presented as. Best friends make better jobbers than they do. And look, I, I like Trent. I like Chuck Taylor a lot. He has a ceiling to an extent. And yeah. he can go above that ceiling every now and then. But really, they're, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. People are going to love him regardless. Let the Butcher yeah. and the Blade get a win here. They're, they're fun as a comedy team that we like. Like, we don't need to see them win all the time. It's not like they're fucking... It's not like they're the New Day. They're not these massive merch pushers. Right, exactly. Like, the massive merch guy is Orange Cassidy. 
And they seemingly know that because we had mm-hmm. a lot of great fucking Orange Cassidy moments, like the shit with the bunny, for one. Yeah, Bunny Cassidy. And, uh, you know. Bunny oh. stole his, his sunglasses, so he stole her ears. Yep. It, and it then was... suicide dived the butcher outside the ring while wearing the ears. Hit him ears first, even. Yeah, ears first. Uh, Tope Suicida. I freaking love it. And he... there was one weak part about all this, though. What's that? Um, the, there was another interview after this where Tony Schiavone just wandered down to ringside after the match that the best friends quizzically won, but whatever, it's cool. Um, and I guess it was just to give an opportunity to be on the mic, if nothing else. Chuck Taylor had an open mic right in front of him. He had the ability to say whatever he wanted. If it's live TV, pal. He did not say shit. He has been whining for months about wanting to say shit on TV. He could have snuck it in here. He could have gotten yelled at by Tony about it because Chris did use their allotted shit later on. But he he didn't say shit on TV. In fact, he's, they were so adamant about only using one that, like, literally, they fucking muted, like, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of the Omega and Pac match because the crowd was chanting, holy shit! This is entirely true. Yeah, it's like they knew where the shit was coming from, and it was going to come from Chris Jericho's mouth. Just give Chuck Taylor his goddamn shit, which apparently now he's not has no excuse to whine about it. Um, but he did say, you know, he cut a great promo on Orange Cassidy's I behalf. I do think it's silly, just not to interrupt you, but I oh, do no. think it is silly that like on a PG thirteen, a TV fourteen show, that like you can literally only say it once when literally mm-hmm. like crowds chant holy shit in wwe all the time on pg television and like the only time they ever censor it is smackdown because you know fox Mm -hmm. right it it makes no sense to me i I think tv standards have gotten a bit antiquated um that said chuck taylor did cut a good promo for orange Cassidy, and basically said you know what's the difference why is he gonna be a good matchup against pack and got the whole crowd behind him on this because he's gonna try Best I did like line. the Trent then jumped in and was like, <laughs> we're just assuming that we don't know if he's actually going to try. Maybe he's not. Trent proving that he is perfect as a foil here. Like, check the crazy one. Trent's the, well, actually, guy. And, yeah, it was just, everything about this is fantastic. This part. The match itself was okay. Um, good moments. But we're finally going to get to see our boy Orange Cassidy get his match. It's true. I'm excited. Although mm-hmm. I do think it's weird that they're saying that this is his first match when he was part of that, you know, he's part of that trios match on, on Dark. Oh, he's been part of a couple of trios matches. He's just, um, you know, I think he's been two, in fact, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, no, this is his first solo, though. This is him on his own being him. He can't hide behind people with his moves. He's going to have to actually wrestle pack. I'm very interested to see how this goes. I want to see how they present him, because, yeah, this could go either very poorly or incredibly well, because we know he's a talented wrestler. That's nothing wrong about that. But we have not seen it in AEW. You think this is a buy-in match? It, I, I can't imagine it not being a buy-in match. Like this it is... seems like it seems like the kind of thing that you know. It seems like the kind of match that you you wouldn't want to put on the show because it's just going to be such a weird comedy thing. But also, yeah. 
it also seems like the kind of match that maybe you would want to put it on the show because like, and again, I'm just thinking about the buy-in and like the traditional sense of like, you know, this is a free thing that you're putting out there to try and sell people on actually like, you know, paying the 50 bucks for the real show. I don't know if this is necessarily a match that I would put out there and say, yeah, no, this is going to convince you to give us 50 bucks. I, I think it's I think it's a buy-in still because, yeah, you, you get some people who say, oh, cool, I got to see Orange Cassidy. Now I'm done. But there's enough people who will be able to stay around after watching that match and know, oh, hey, John Moxie's going to compete. Chris Jericho's going to compete. Uh, we got Kenny Omega going up against the Bucks here. That's interesting. And there's enough matches beyond that that I think you can keep people who are really going to actually have a potential to buy uh, the pay-per-view, keep them tuned in and maybe wanting to shell out that cash. But... You know, Orange Cassidy will draw them in, get them in the door, and say, like, hey, you've got other people here, and they they actually do the wrestles. All right, fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, but before we move on from this segment, the most important yeah. thing that you True. didn't get to see but I did, though, yeah. was the pitcher-in-pitcher pitcher during the commercial break where they put the sunglasses on Tony Schiavone, and Tony Schiavone did the weak thumbs up. And they just cut to the crowd, like, various shots of the crowd, and the crowd is losing their fucking mind. <laughs> Honest question, John. Do you think Tony Schiavone's having the best time of his life right now? I hope so. I really do hope so. I'm having the best time watching him do this. Mm-hmm. I, this was incredible. He gave up his job working with a minor league, um, the Atlanta Braves minor league baseball team, announcing for them. Just so he could stay more with AEW. So I'm hoping he's enjoying himself with the stuff like this. Hell yeah. Yeah. But speaking of enjoying ourselves with stuff like this. I am once again asking you. For your I, 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 Trace, we can fly. I can fly. We can all fly. Our daughter is back and she can fly. They actually didn't fuck up this week and played her song like they were supposed to. It was just wonderful, and she was in her top form. It's like she needs her intro to get into her actual persona, which is one part comedy, one part kind of shitty heel, but not really heel because she's so pure and good, and just magical all the way through. Just... And also, it gave us Excalibur trying to explain the concept of a magical girl to <laughs> JR, which is the most wonderful conversation or attempted at a conversation I've heard on a wrestling show in a very long time. It's very interesting that, yeah, we have to explain the Japanese concept of how a magical girl works to someone as Oklahoma as Jim Ross and <laughs> someone as Atlanta as Tony Schiavone. It's just fantastic. And yeah, I think Taz was actually there, so I can't. That kind of doesn't hold up, but still, like Taz ain't gonna Taz understand. Was, Taz was very amused by it, though. Yeah, Taz is like, I kind of probably understand this from Brooklyn, my pal Joey Numbers slinging the anime DVDs, but still, I'm gonna watch this <laughs> goddamn house burn. Yeah, yeah. Taz, Taz actually was the perfect foil for this. Of just like, mm-hmm. I get this, but I'm also just like, fucking what? <laughs> Which, slide aside here, Taz was brilliant to bring out midway through the show as commentary. Because, it's Taz! Yeah, it's Taz! Um, it, this crowd in Kansas City was still riding the high off of uh, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Oh, and yeah. Taz, being from New York, was 
quick to point out all the time that he was not having it. <laughs> and in really sly, passive-aggressive ways, and I enjoyed every one of them. Yep. It's like these fucking idiots with their fucking stupid racist chant. Yeah, and Jazz like, you know what? I don't like it so much. I think it's kind of silly. I think they should get over it. I mean, everybody else has already. it's like yeah yeah, taz please i i believe in you it's you're fantastic you've gotten better it's it is really shocking to me just how you know how good of a signing taz actually was like because yeah when he they first brought him on it was i all i could just think about was the fucking insipid taz commentary (laughs) joke from (laughs) botchamania and just posting that over and over again but no, he's actually been pretty legit. I mean, fuck. I'll, yeah. I'll say it. I'd rather hear Taz than fucking JR. I agree. And also on Dark, he and Excalibur just go at it so much with like jokes inside, references, and things like that, that you can kind of tell they both don't really give as much of a shit as they probably should be, but they're having a lot of fun, and nevertheless. Hell, I'll say it. Like I watched a, I watched a Dark match this week. I don't even remember mm-hmm. what it was, and I will pretty much say i thought that taz sounded a lot more like he knew what was going on and had more idea what he's talking about than excalibur did i i totally agree he actually is calling the holds properly excalibur kind of keeps calling certain moves maybe what they're not tiger driver 98 motherfucker it's not always that you gotta check um not everybody throws a fucking tiger driver 98 um yeah it's taz is finally i think giving a shit i think he's realized he can give a shit here rather than tna where he's just phoning it in yeah it, it's fantastic he is he is the color commentary that AEW needs he's the only color commentary they have because they've got three play-by-play guys but nevertheless he is great please hold on to him to your life yeah like and and honestly i really do think that they should have him they should have him be a permanent member of the three-man booth like yeah totally if you want to it's like if you want to have tony just do the gene okerlund thing like that's cool. I mean, I'd rather honestly, I'd rather it be good old Jr. Even though I think he's probably not as equipped for it, because no, I'd rather not. Tony be on commentary and Jr. not. Yep. But I understand that Tony actually is really fucking good in this role. Tony's incredible in this role, and Jr. From like an interview we'll talk about later, doesn't have a really good way to open on these com- on these any sort of interview anymore. He's very very wooden. Yeah. Tony is like still just you snap the fingers, he's he can cut an interview anywhere, just like Okerland. So I mean shit. I it's the thing that we keep saying over and over mm-hmm. again. Like, we get we get it, we get why you're gonna have JR in this position because it's fucking yeah. good old JR on commentary. But it's really time to start thinking about moving him backstage. I totally agree. I think it's time he needs to be an advisor. It it's Give him another year or two or something like that, but then just start thinking about how to move him back and maybe then bump that schedule up by about, I don't know, about a year and a half. Hey, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to throw it out there. JR seems like the kind of guy that would be perfect to be running Gorilla. Yeah, I agree. I think he'd be great there. I think he'd be fantastic working alongside people to make sure, like, the camera works actually on point rather than fucking shooting off to the crowd all the time. Yeah, or even, yeah, or even, you know, doing the thing that Vince does in WWE Mm -hmm. of being backstage, being like, hey, you should, you should maybe talk about this in commentary. Like, Mm -hmm. yep. JR seems like someone that would actually, like, be good at that. Mm -hmm. And not just getting you, wanting you to be like, say the thing I think is funny. 
Yeah, exactly. And also, maybe we'd have a little less constantly calling out the rules and how good the pin is entirely during AEW, which is not a problem, but does happen a lot. Yeah, we we get it. You care about the rules. You don't need to keep explaining how in other companies it's stupid that you can win by escaping a cage. We know. Yeah, we're totally aware of that. We're totally aware that, yes, tag team partners should do like to interfere in matches a lot and the ref does not keep count. Yes, that's kind of been the thing. We know. We know. It's a 10 count here. We know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all that said. Um I do want to bring this back to the original point we're talking about the matches. Which is also Swole got a goddamn great pop here. Yeah, she did. Like everybody chanting Swole like Moose was on his way out. It was fucking great. Like she I'm starting to finally see future for all the ladies involved in this match. They were pretty much all incredible. I'd say the weakest of them all. Shanna needs a little bit of work still, but Yeah, I still think that Shanna needs some some character work there and just, you know. She definitely was the one that was the most green, although yeah. I, it, I'm going to be honest. Maybe it's just it doesn't help by the fact that, like, hey, as we said in our chat, I really liked her Richter outfit. I don't like this Goku one. Yeah, it's it's very obviously Goku. In fairness, Swole had a Transformers look going. Um, so, you know, everybody's got their thing. Yeah, again, I'm not against the, the look as much. Like, I'm not against the idea here. Otherwise, I'd complain literally anytime Johnny Gargano comes out and does another fucking Marvel character. Although, mm-hmm. I will say, the Portland Carnage look looked kind of whack. Mm-hmm. That said, though, yeah, I just, I don't know. The Rick, look, the, the fake Richter Belmont look was, like, different and unique and cool. She had that, like, crazy Richter top with the button over thing. I liked how yeah. that looked. This is just kind of... I'm a sexy lady, but my sexy lady outfit is Goku. Yeah, and I, I get it. She likes DBZ. So so does Sammy Guevara. He doesn't have to put it on his crap all the time. And, yeah, it, it's great match overall, though. These The ladies, um, the women's division is stepping up, it feels. Yeah, and definitely. And all four put on a great show. I want to see all four of them get a shot at the title. Um, Hikaru Shida did win. I mean, she's going to be next in line. Let's face it, she's been overdue for ages, regardless of what happens with Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose. Yeah, it definitely makes sense to put Sheeta in that in that position, especially because, yeah, it's definitely someone that, like, she was super over until they kind of cooled off on her because, like, things just sort of happened. And mm-hmm. this women's division kind of got to be a mess a little bit with that whole Nightmare Collective nonsense. Yeah, which is still going on a little bit in the background, not under the name, though. Um, just more like uh, Dr. Luther is now taunting uh, Jimmy Havoc on Dark. So, okay, then. Yeah, uh, I'm into that. Yeah, it's like... Os- cool. I know Oscar's into that. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, let those two fight. And uh, Mel's there, too. Sure, just keep her the fuck out of the ring for now. Um, and we'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, do that, please. And speaking I of did think two, it was a little disappointing, though, that, like... Mm-hmm that swole had to take the pin like especially with how clearly over she was like come on like Mm -hmm. you're not doing anything with shanna right now yeah meanwhile you've been kind of trying to build swole up like i know Mm -hmm. that you know there was a whole bunch of combination of moves there of yuka hitting swole with a move and then fucking 
Hikaru Shida's fucking slamming Yuka onto Swole and then hitting Swole with another move. So it's not like it's surprising that Swole got, like, knocked the fuck out, but I still feel like you could have done it to Shanna. Absolutely. I think I, I think they need to not lose sight of Swole being one of their top stars. And yes. I worry here. Um, like, again, not that Shanna won't be, but she isn't right now. No, she's, she's, she's too green right now. Like, Swole, you know, Swole is not, I'm not going to say that Swole is, like, the best in ring, but, like, she's got it. She's yeah. got a magnetism to her. I'm excited mm-hmm. to watch her. I want to see her do shit. She's just yeah. cool and fun. She's got the magnetism. I want I want to hang out with her. Yeah. And the so. last thing I want to see AEW do is fucking do her like Vince Land's doing to her husband. Yeah, no kidding. Free Cedric Alexander. Please, just Cedric Alexander would be so good in AEW or anywhere else. New Japan, hell, let him do that. Um. Anyways, we, so we, Matt we, Hardy's the leader of the Dark Order, right? Fucking hell, this this is this is something I had to call it. I'm going to be real quick about it, but. Dark Order had a promo. They're going to fight SCU at Revolution. It's probably going to be a buying match. Um, we'll see, though, depending on what happens. Um, well, I mean, here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy's contract expires on on Sunday. Shit. So if they did something, if they did something, like, because I was thinking that, like, yo, would fucking Tony do pull some fucked up shit and, like, bring Matt Hardy in? Like, two, like an, an hour or two before his contract expires. Ooh, and I yeah. don't think he will. But I don't think that'd so. That'd be fucked up. So basically, after this promo where they called them out, and I'll get to the point in the promo that everybody you know, absolutely glued themselves to, um, they tweeted out on the AEW account, Dark Order's been doing this for quite a few days now just tweeting out messages same text it's like some adult swim ass shit um you know did you see it and it's like oh so you're implying the exalted one was in this promo somewhere hidden away and then immediately all the replies were like oh he said obsolete he said obsolete matt hardy's coming matt hardy's coming it's obsolete um number one he said that he didn't show it he snapped his fingers as he did it, and it went to black. I don't... I feel like this is such a red herring. They've been doing so many of those with Dark Order. Number two, if it is Matt Hardy, I think we're all going to be very disappointed. So, I hope it isn't. I hope there isn't any clue about that anywhere, anytime. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm still willing I'm still willing to give him a chance with Matt Hardy because I know that Matt Hardy's fucking like crazy as shit. Like yeah. I do I do agree with you, especially that like, you know, I think that there 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 are better ways that you could use Matt Hardy. I think there are more interesting ways that you could use Matt Hardy. I'd like to see mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, you know, mostly because I'd like to see Matt Hardy working on something that like he's actually built instead of just coming in to do something that was kind of starting to be made before him. I I do want to believe, though, that if they are going to put Matt Hardy in charge of that, that, like, they're going to let Matt Hardy do his Matt Hardy thing and take the reins in a fucking crazy way. But I do agree with you. I, I wish it would be something more. I hope it's something more interesting than that. I uh, yeah, It's it, easy. Yeah, that's the easy way out, and I feel like it completely ruins it. You're basically then taking 
any power away from Uno and Grayson. Not that that's necessarily a problem given where it was going initially, but I feel like it becomes less their group and then it becomes Matt Hardy's wild adventures and now we're going to see his farm and all that kind of stuff. Which All that said, are you telling me you don't want to see Evil Uno hanging out with George Washington the giraffe? I hate to say this, John. I don't want to see that. What I, about Stu Grayson tra- training with Smoking Joe Frazier? I mean, it's funny at first thought. I don't want to see it. What I want Man. to see, and I'm just, I could call this out later on, but I'm just going to call it right now. Um, I want it to be Brody Lee. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Brody Lee has like very little personality on him that's stuck to him from what he's done in the past. I mean, the only thing he's had stuck to him in any way or form is being allied with Bray Wyatt in a really creepy manner. And that fits the aesthetic without taking anything away from Uno or Grayson. I think that's what they need to do. And it doesn't hurt him. It doesn't hurt them. He is the safest option. And maybe there's reference in there I didn't get to see about it being Wednesday. So you know what that means. I still want to believe that it's that it's Christopher Daniels. It'd be really cool if it were. That'd be a nice twist. Like, after all this, no, it really was him. You assholes really read into this too easily. Yep. No, it was the, fall, it was the fallen angel all along. He's the fallen <laughs> fucking angel, idiots. Yeah. And he's not going to help SCU that much. He'd be better off in a role where he could help out evil Uno and Stu Grayson. I, there, there'd be no problem with that either for me. So... That that was a really quick segment. We'll find out more about that revolution, I'm sure. And other stuff happening at Revolution, we basically everything from this show from this point forward is promos for Revolution. Yeah, and maybe this is what I would call the weak half hour of the show. Although it started off strong, it sure did. Um, but we have an interview with Jr. This is the wooden interview I'm talking about, where he's just kind of barely invested in this. Yeah. Talking to Hangman, Omega, and the Bucks, and it's an okay conversation to start, sure, just pleasantries and that sort of thing. And then we get to the end part of this conversation where the Bucks flat out just rip into Hangman. Number one, for bringing a drink to the set. Because Don't they like say, that. That's good Christian boys. Yeah, they're good Christian boys, and oh, now you, you're just going to be the alcoholic now. Okay, we get it. You do realize that we made you be less than a jobber in Ring of Honor. We brought you into Bullet Club. And we're the reason you are even famous to begin with. All things, very assholeish to say, but all very true. Yep. I was at the show where he joined Bullet Club. He was a jobber before then. I had no idea who the fuck he was. You could have told me he was Diamond Dallas Page's son, and I would have believed you. <laughs> they didn't. He just he was a guy they called him Hangman Page because he lynched somebody at that Dearborn show. And I yelled, that was fucked up. It was. That was fucked up. But he, the name stuck, because Japan. And yeah, that that's a very Japan thing to do. Yep. They don't know what a racism is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they, they're they just cool with, you know, cool with people of color, as long as they adhere to their norms and don't stray. That said, you, you 
you no, they're not. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's be real here. I can't even do this with yeah. a straight face. <laughs> okay, no, they, uh, they're, Japan's they're, a fucking hellhole. They're they're supremely but racist. But who are we to talk? It's a conservative nightmare, and it's only getting worse. And uh, I I look forward to joining them in ten years if it doesn't get better around here. Um, Thanks, Shizu Abe. So you mentioned having disappointment compared to the BT segment, though, and I I want to give you a chance to air that out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like. This is all my fault. I bo- I worked myself into a shoot of like oh, no. watching that BTE segment of and just like getting my mind racing of just like the way that like the conversation between Kenny and Paige played out and just like oh man what if the turn here is that like actually Kenny's going to turn heel and mm. like that could because I felt like you know I was thinking in my mind like that could be a really interesting story that could be like an actual really gray area thing of like yeah Hangman's a fuck up and like he's really fucking up but like he's acting out because of like actual like real anxieties and insecurities and like making mistakes but he really cares and is trying and it's just you know his feels like he's not good enough and his friends hate him and here's his friend just fucking abandoning him like and he's right to be pissed off at him but not right to be pissed off at him like this like and then yeah no now it just seems like no the story is definitely that they're building to is hangman if anyone's gonna turn it's probably gonna be Paige and I mean, unless it's the Bucks, that'd be cool too, I guess. So, hear me out here. This is where my theory that I mentioned to you earlier before we started recording falls into place. A word? So, I think the way they structured this interview was to pint heavily at what comes ahead. So, let's look at what's happened here with all four of these guys. Like, Hangman, we know the position he's in. He doesn't really have anything other than this tag team going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and drinking. And drinking, yeah. So, because he's anxious. We can pull that off as being anxious. And, you know, eventually if you want to turn into something like a Stone Cold Steve Austin thing, you totally could. Should yeah. stay a face for that regard. There's he's nothing... self-loathing. He's yeah. self-loathing and drinking to, you know, deal mm-hmm. with his hatred of himself. Right. Because he's a sad, depressed millennial. Yeah. <laughs> don't love... know what that's like. Yeah, don't know what that's like. Also, I love that cryon back in the time. <laughs> um... Kenny Omega just finished clearing the table of his feuds. He just finished his rubber match with Pac, where he won. They don't have to have another match. They don't have to do anything with those two at this point. That's done. Pac's mm-hmm. moving on to Orange Cassidy, and then he's probably going to attack someone above, like Darby Allin when he elevates himself, or John Moxie, like I mentioned. That said, the Bucks also have cleared basically all their feuds at this point. I don't know who else they're going to be feuding with, but they also came out kind of as tremendous assholes. Yep. And I think what's going to happen is I think, and I could have gotten into predictions about this when we talk about that real briefly later on, but I think Kenny's going to turn on Hangman, and we're going to get the return of the original Elite. Ooh. I think we're going to get the fact he's going to hand the titles basically to the Bucks. He's going to go back to being in singles competition, and those three are going to say, we are the best in the world. We have done more for this industry. We've done more for everything. We are the reason everybody is here. And just basically remind everybody, no, you you realize we're the reason AEW exists. And take on the role that kind of everybody was worried they legitimately try and hold on to with you know winning matches and things, but now just make a storyline out of it, like a year later. I like it. And leaving hangman to be the one is like fuck you guys i i'm the new the new blood the new guy who's going to 
be the start of the future. And y'all are so caught up in your own shit that you don't realize how good I am, how good this should be. And I wanted to I wanted to wait for Oscar to be on the show to ask this question, but mm-hmm. I mean I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to ask this. Sure. Can we finally say that it was the right decision to have the elite and all those people be in the mid card? Yes. Like, yes, I, I agree. I, it's something I've definitely been thinking out the past week or like not even the past week for a while now of just like it just makes so much sense to me now why they did this of like, you know, having mm-hmm. them like actually understand and like actually understanding the idea of like, no, we we know who the Bucks are. We know who Omega is. We know who Hangman mm-hmm. is. We've been watching all this shit. But like to a massive audience. Yeah, no, the stars are. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, mm-hmm. Pac, people that were on WWE and like, you know, the major wrestling company in this, you know, country. Whereas like, yeah, obviously, like the Bucks and all these people are great, but like by giving them these months to like build them up into the like, you know, these mid-card things, by doing this thing where you had Cody like, you know, be the top babyface in the company lose this fucking title match so now he can never challenge again and now he's even more the top baby face in the company if not the industry while like in the fucking mid card Mm -hmm. it's yeah I, I just I feel like I don't know I feel like we just we did the WWE thing of watching it and seeing like what the fuck are they doing do they have like any idea and not thinking like oh no they're thinking fucking months ahead they actually are fucking playing this in the same way that we didn't fucking see the scorpio sky thing right i think it's exactly what's going on i think i think they're soaking up they were kind of just doing a a, do we know if the fan base really knows who the elite are they're testing those waters and Number one, by not pushing them immediately down everybody's throat, they don't run that risk like you're talking about of these nobodies are at the top of this industry. No, it's the guys you know and love. And number two, they can also test see, okay, are any of them actually going to get heat and you know, get, build up any heat and get pops in American audiences mm-hmm. and American stadiums all around this country? And I think the answer is definitively for all of them now is yes. Like, yes. If it wasn't before, they definitely are now. Yeah. Like, it, it definitely took him a while to get mm-hmm. there, I think, for some of them. Yeah. But, yeah. like, like yeah. you know, especially Hangman. But, yeah. you know, hey, one could argue that maybe, you know, hey, maybe aside from that, like, uh, that Iron Man match tonight, because holy shit, like, yeah. one could argue that maybe Hangman is the most over out of all of them. At this point, I would say he is. I, like, I think the Bucks have actually lost a bit of their heat, which is a good time if you want to turn him. Um, mm-hmm. Because they haven't been like pulling off those baller incredible matches day in and day out like they were at the very inception AEW to kind yeah. of show how over they were and also maybe overexpose them a little bit but never mind that part so i, I feel like you know and cody whole side he pulled himself out of the picture as well as part of the elite um with the whole you know like you said the storyline he's never going to challenge for a title again so um and he's still more over than everybody but you now know Basically, none of them at this point have done that play for power, that play for the main event. And mm-hmm. they don't have to if they turn heel. They can stay mid-card. They can fuck up anyone they want, anywhere they want. They can still claim they're the best. Um, but I think Kenny and the Bucks need to turn heel entirely. 
reform the old elite and just start tearing people up and leave Hangman on his own. Let him shine as a true solo star. Yep. And I think that's a good way. And I think that's a good and easy way to very strongly build Kenny back up to that main event person that Mm -hmm. we know he is and we know he can be and that we definitely Mm -hmm. saw in that opening match. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget, Kenny is very experienced at being a heel. It's true. Most of his career, until he became the best bout machine, basically, in New Japan, he was a heel all the way through. Even back in the old days, facing Brian Danielson in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla as mm-hmm. part of Men of Low Moral Fiber alongside Chuck Taylor. Um, yeah, it's it's he can work that very well, and he doesn't have to do it in a comedy way either. He can do it now in just a I'm a badass way and really piss off some people. And even if he doesn't piss them off, who cares? He's fighting the people we like. Yep. And that is how you make Kenny a main eventer. Yep. And I think I do enjoy that a lot more than the actual main event of this show. Yeah, I do agree. And I'll admit I kind of tuned out for the way in. Yeah, so immediately, as soon as I started seeing the buildup for what they were doing in the ring, I kind of immediately started losing interest. Like, oh, they're bringing in ring girls. Oh, they're bringing an actual weight thing here. Oh, there's like random promoters now around the corners and photographers. And then they go cut back to it, and they bring out Gary Michael Capetta, which, okay, sure, fine. But also at the same time, this is way too much for what we know this is going to turn into, which this is one of the segments you get both the people about to have a match against each other together, and at some point they're going to fight. Yeah. Like, we know that. You don't need to give me this pomp and circumstance or something that shouldn't be on TV. Just... Give one of them a final send-off promo before we go to Revolution. Yep. It's just the standard WWE contract signing issue all over again. You just put a different spin on it. Yeah. This is literally Jericho just wanted more of his bullshit to go across, and he found this to be the segment. I don't like anything about this other than Jericho cutting good promos as always. Doing his whole yeah. pain maker posse. Yeah, I did like I did like him, you know, shitting all over the crowd for their for their chief's chant. Yeah. Good on him for that. And but it devolved in what we expected it to. Like he and Moxie fought. He got headbutted by Moxie and gigged himself and then that happened. Did he gig himself? Because it did straight up look like he got his fucking nose broken. He might have. I don't know. I I think he just got a really good gig on himself. Because I feel like he I I feel like that's I good. saw him holding it still in his fist when he was going down. Okay, that's good. Um, but if it was a doing actual... a lot of gigging lately on the TV. Yeah, you know, hey, hey, man, red is green, don't you know? Um, hey, I'm not. Hey, I'm not against <laughs> it. Like that's the thing. When when he looked, when he was all covered in blood, I was like, oh shit, nice. Mm-hmm. It, it was good at making sure that you knew how dangerous Moxley was, and. So, of course, what happens there, everything unfolds like, oh, well, Jake Hager's out there already, so let's get Dustin Rhodes out here. Um, still hoping I can download the vocal um, track for Brain Stew so I can make that goddamn song one day. Um, we'll talk about that another time um, yeah. when I actually have the song made. And we'll make Dustin, Dustin two, Stew 2 coming eventually. Yeah, Dustin Stew 2 featuring Godzilla is on its way. Trust me. Um, and 
then, of course, Darby Allen comes out to beat the crap out of uh, Sammy Guevara. And that doesn't go his way, because he already did that a little bit earlier anyways. Yep. Um, and then we get, you know, Dustin and Jake Hager bowling outside. And I only mention this because JR starts screaming, Don't go towards the Dippin' Dots! Oh, not the Dippin' Dots! And they throw him into the Dipping Dots booth. Ah, oh, the damn Dippin' Dots! Which is... So, you know what, that... That I'm part okay was pretty this. okay. Like that's this is the one reason I will ever say that. Like okay, maybe you can keep Jr. around because mm-hmm. if you're gonna have him do the weird advertising things, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Dare goes into his old mode and he's kind of doing it tongue in cheek, it's okay. The problem is is that you have to wade through ninety percent bullshit to get there. Pretty much. So yeah, the way in sucked. Um, kind of a really downer ending to this, but look. It doesn't matter. You had a phenomenal fucking open. I'm still stuck about Lance Archer next week, and I'm eager for Revolution. Yeah, like, and hey, I guess it's time to talk about that, because yeah. on Saturday, AEW Revolution live from the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois, as part of C2E2. Yeah, and may I also add that I'm really happy, and I know this is nothing new for them, I'm just really happy that AEW is sticking to these Saturday pay-per-views. I agree with that. And I got to say, like, you know, I think that they're really doing a good job of like, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't looked at the chatter on online about this. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I feel like personally, not a lot of people are talking about this show, but maybe it's just, mm-hmm. I haven't like, you know, actively sought it out because I feel like I'm just going to see everybody again going, uh, I never want to pay more than nine ninety nine for a pay-per-view because WWE, uh. but like, I don't know. To me, I feel like they've, once again, they've done a really good job of making me go, yeah, 50 bucks, okay, totally. I'll pay that, sure. Yeah, I'm going to pay that $50. I have no qualms about it. Like, that's totally fine. They've got my money. Yeah, I'll go to the Apple store and buy a $50 gift card and get a, you know, get the points back on my Apple card. It's, let's go. Yeah, for sure. It, it's like, they've, they've sold me on quite a few of the matches here, and it's like, even if I wasn't doing this podcast, I'd be in on this. Yeah, no, definitely. There's some really, really good matches here, and some of them signed tonight. Yeah, and, like, that's, I think, a really cool thing, too, is that, like, definitely, like, they use this they use this episode of Dynamite to announce a bunch of matches. Mm-hmm. Like, say, for example, Orange Cassidy versus Pac. I'm so excited for this match, and I know it's going to be just probably usual Orange Cassidy match, but I'm still excited. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with Orange Cassidy on a big stage like this. Yeah, because, again, they as we were talking about earlier, he could go two ways here. He could turn in just a full normal wrestler, which he's mm-hmm. capable of doing, and, you know, you can't really uncork that bottle. You can't, or you can't recork that bottle, rather, to say. And that's okay, because they've got to do that at some point. And conversely... You just have him doing slothy shit and then just do his slothy moves and still somehow manage to be a threat to Pack. Yeah, because he does this thing of, you know, piss of just pissing Pack off by being a, a lackadaisical idiot, and then he starts to pull it out when Pack is just like, No, I'm actually going to murder you now, fuck you. Yep. Exactly. I, I'm just I mean Pack is gonna win this, we know that. Yeah, Pat Pack's gotta win it, right? Yeah, if Pack doesn't win this, then either something's gone horribly wrong or Orange Cassidy very blatantly stole one due to interference or something else. Yeah, or like, you know, a flash roll-up or something. Yeah, exactly. 
Pack should win this. Pack should move up to challenge people higher up than where he's been challenging right now. I agree with that. Because he's like, he is at his best. I don't know anybody stronger heel wise at the moment, including yep. Jericho. Like, I, I like Jericho where he is right now, but like, Pack is even stronger with his yeah. whole psychopathic black and white promos. Yeah, those those video promos have just been incredible. So mm-hmm. make it fucking happen. Yes, please. SCU of Scorpio Sky and Frank Xarian versus the Dark Order. I assume it'll be Eve Luno and Stu Grayson. It's gotta be. Like we know that the Beaver Boys are gonna be by ringside to actually um probably interfere quite a bit because we know this match is just reveal who the actual um the actual leader, the the higher power, whatever they want to call it is. Again, though, not necessarily, since if it's if it's Hardy, then he literally can't be on the show, so they'll have to do some kind of tease to be like, we'll reveal everything on Wednesday! True. And but I, it my question is, my question is, is this the part, is this the place where, where Christopher Daniels turns? It's the only place, if it's him, where he can reasonably turn, in my opinion. Yeah, if it's him, yeah, definitely, if, if it is... If it is him as the exalted one, this mm-hmm. has got to be it, and this has got to be the reveal. If it's someone yeah. else, I do wonder if they will keep trying to tease out the is he or isn't he. I think it's a mistake if they don't reveal it here, with the exception, of course, Matt Hardy. As you said, if it is him, as much as I don't want it to be, they'd have to wait. Yep. Um, but otherwise, I think the Dark Order reveal has to um, be... Uh, For those that aren't watching the video, like, you know, the recording that we're going to put out on Thursday morning here, uh, the cat is currently climbing up on top of me Mm -hmm. and just, like, digging her claws directly into my shoulder, my chest, and it hurts Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I love you, Artemis. You're a fucking demon. Artemis has been very lovey-dovey on John today, and I'm trying my best not to react to it because it is adorable. Um (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think Dark Order has to win this, and I think it's got to be revealing the Exalted One. Um, yep. And if not, then I just think at this point, interference enough is or interference alone is not enough for them. They have to make a statement as to why they should be rightfully challenging for the belts wherever they go next. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to make it where they're not challenging for belts next, based on like maybe I don't know Bucks heel turning, like I was talking about earlier. Then give them somebody they continue to work with and start attacking other tag teams. Indeed. Totally possible. Um, again, I'm pulling for Brody Lee to just kind of come out of nowhere wearing like a higher power hoodie and that sort of thing. And then revealing himself at the last minute because that crowd will pop. A Chicago crowd, crowd will go nuts for him. They absolutely will. So either way, Dark Order wins. And it's, it's Saturday. Not- you know what that means. Exactly. I know what that means. And, yeah, SCU has no right to win this. Like, they've had their title nope. shot. They they don't need anything. They're trainers. You had your run. It's cool. Yep. You're super over. You're super popular. You should be in the best friends role. Yep. Exactly. Speaking as of... We've, as we said about them before, the fourth best tag team. I 100% agree. And speaking of super over with the crowds... Shit, I have to pull up the card here. Oh, no, Darby Allen versus Darby Sammy Allen Guevara. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. So they've kind of made 
I think Darby Allen had to take a break because I think he'd hurt himself legitimately in other ways other than the throat thing. Oh, no. But, um, I don't know. I'm just making assumptions here. But, I mean, like, coffin drops ain't good for the body, yo. Yeah, true. And also, um, I did uh, – there was some video, like, I think that came out last week or something of him training in his uh, in his basement ring. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that definitely I, – I do think he probably did, like, kind of just hurt himself and maybe need to take a break for a bit and mm-hmm. cut weird video promos of him burning – to, to cut our cut the cardboard stand out with a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really good. It's and I I legitimately think that was one Sammy had in his uh, apartment because I don't think I've been seeing that for a while. I think it totally got taken and burned. Um, Very nice. Which yeah, totally committed cool. to the bit. Yeah. Oh gosh, like I don't think Sammy wanted it in his house anymore. People already send him too much DBZ bullshit and Funko Pops. And yeah, watch his YouTube channel. It gets weird. Darby on's got to win this. Like, yeah, definitely. Sammy Guevara is an amazing heel. He works really well with the inner circle. He works really well with proud and powerful. Um, Darby Allen has not had his meteoric rise yet. And this is a great time to pull that trigger. Definitely. Like, you know, as much as it does bum me out that Sammy has basically lost like most every match he's been involved in this year. Like Mm -hmm. at a point, you kind of got to go with Scott Hall, Razor Ramon theory on everything of it doesn't matter if you're a heel and you lose all the time because you just lie. You just mm-hmm. say, no, it didn't. And yeah. then you're even more of a heel because everybody knows that you lost. Yeah. And he can totally make excuses like, hey, I've rolled my ankle recently because the young bucks kicked the soul out of my body. And, you know, things of that nature. I've been wrestling in Australia, blah, blah, blah. I've been wrestling around the world because I'm Sammy Guevara. I'm the best ever. I hurt myself logging. Yeah, exactly. I took my shoe off once and broke my ankle. Yeah, th- stupid shit like that. He can always. I had to get soldier that. surgery because I took out the trash. Wait, sorry, that's not Randy Orton. <laughs> uh, I smoked too much weed and played Call of Duty until four a.m. Wait, that's Randy Orton again. Shit. I was about to say, uh, come on, man. That's not why they they pop some Ojo. <laughs> hey, he was caught. Playing Call of Duty until 4 a.m. That's a clear violation of wellness policy. Um, Smojo wouldn't say the N-word on a stream. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Anger. Angry Smojo moments. Speaking of people that would probably say the N-word on a stream. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager in Hager's first AEW match. Yeah. Boy, I want to like this match more than I am probably going to. I'm excited for the matchup, not excited for the match. Yeah, it's like, on one hand, I don't think the match is going to actually be good or enjoyable. Like, I think I'm probably just going to end up being like, yeah, that was fine. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, it does really stick out to me that just like, if you had told me, hey, we're going to have a match between Goldust and Jack Swagger, I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, have fun with that. I'm not fucking watching that. Fuck yeah. off. But no, I'm going to watch it because that's yeah, interesting Yeah, you tell now. me Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager in AEW, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, fine. I want to see where that goes. I don't think it'll be good, but okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, both very interesting characters. Like, Jake Hager's been completely rehabbed from where he was with Jack Swagger. And yep. that he now doesn't say shit, which is very thoughtful. Um, because that motherfucker should never open his mouth. No, never. And Dustin Real life Rhodes. heel. Yeah, real freaking real life heel. Dustin Rhodes. 
cutting the best promos of his life. Saying trans rights? Saying trans rights because he's good. He may not understand all of it because he's an old man, but he's doing his best, goddammit. And we appreciate that. He's still a weird Republican, but hey, he's yeah. he's doing what he can. One step at a time for the old people. Indeed. And I obviously, given their, where they are in their careers, Jake Hager's got to win this. Another one we definitely oh, know. But I'm a little worried that his MMA training is going to have screwed up his pro wrestling skills. And he's going to make it look real bad. So... I'm going to just say he's probably going to give, get a distraction somewhere, knee Dustin in the groin, and that'll be what gets him the win. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be like, why do they do it that way? We'll be confused and sad. Because, but we know why they're going to do it that way. Because remember when he lost that, when he got that no contest for just constantly kneeing that dude in the dick? That's, That's pretty true. funny. He did. He, I laughed. And, you know, I... I really wish if they didn't have the proper, you know, doesn't speak at all thing for him going if they had to have him speak if he was just doing like the low voice he does in the mma like back behind the scenes coverage that they have of him going into like bellator rings wherever he is just like yeah i kind of need that guy a bit too much didn't i <laughs> wasn't him for the balls but i guess you know take what you can get whoops <laughs> just him being just completely just cold-hearted about like oh yeah how you doing brother yeah i need you in the balls a bit there didn't i <laughs> uh, we the people who hate testicles Yep. <laughs> hey, look. The testicles create kids. Don't fucking have kids in 2020. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the real shit. Yeah, Let's the real shit. Let's talk about the match that we're actually all here for. Yep. Cody versus MJF. Holy shit, John. This match. I don't know what to expect. Can they? I, I don't know what to expect. And also, I'm just like... Can they really not have this be the main event? I mean, I know it won't be because the title is going to be the main event. But, like, how could this... Like, just looking at this card and just knowing that, like, yeah, okay, this is probably going to be, like, you know, probably, like, midway through the show. It's like, this fucking match? It could be the third or second to last match. I could see it there. I could yeah, see I, them I could doing see, that. Actually, I could see them putting it after the tag team championships, let's say. Yeah. I depends on where the tag team championship goes. If they actually do the turn I'm talking about, they should be it should be third from last. Because hmm. otherwise the crowd's gonna be super deflated from what happens and you don't wanna leave them. And what better way to build them back up than Cody? Yeah, possibly. Um that might be one way. I um Cody is gonna tell a great story here. I don't know. How this match is going to end. I don't know who I'm going to pick here. It's probably going to be MJF. I, yeah, like, I think this match is going to be incredible. I think this match is going to be a storytelling tour de force. I think it's going to be a really well-wrestled match. Like, I think that, like, mm-hmm. MJF is really going to fucking bring it out and everything. And then I mm-hmm. think Cody's going to lose. Like, I genuinely believe that, like, of course, I'm, I know it's going to be something crooked. I know it's going to be something like MJF oh, yeah. hits hits him with the diamond ring and Wardlow yep. gets involved or something like that. Or even they, like, bring out, like, or, like, you know, the Butcher Blade and the Bunny. Or even they even bring out someone new. Maybe this is where Matt Hardy shows up. Maybe. It could be. It's not out of the question. I mean, I know that Matt Hardy's not going to show up for all the reasons we've said. Right. But, you know, work with me here. <laughs> I mean, shit, for all you know, like, Dr. Luther and Mel could run behind MJF now all of a sudden as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, shit, it's like, just wipe that freaking face paint off Dr. Luther's face and he's part of him now. 
You know, it's like you could do a lot of shit here. And, and also, I say that because MGF does have a hardcore wrestling background as much as that makes no sense. That's um, very strange. It is very strange that he was in CZW for as long as he was. Um, but he was. It, it's, it's a case of I could see him winning that way and then elevating and hoisting the fact that Cody can never challenge him again over Cody's head and just using that as a meteoric rise, pissing Cody off all the way, needing to maybe a match a year down the road. I could also see Cody winning Maybe this. when, say, one of them is a champion. Maybe. Quite possibly. I could also see Cody winning this and MJF being so desperate for a rematch that ends up happening at, like, All Out or the next full gear or something like that. I can see that, too. Or even, or even at, like, Double or Nothing. But, yeah. Uh, the fact is... Both those outcomes seem likely. This is the one match where I can't call it. I can't figure out a good end. And I mean that in the best of ways. Yeah. It's going to be such a cool match. Yeah. Like, my, I'm, I'm still going with MJF, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, as trite as it is to say, the real winner of this match, folks, is going to be all of us out there. Oh, God, yeah. Cody, again, best a couple of these people are at the best point of their career right now. Cody is one of them. And, All right. Yeah. Whew. Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega. Omega. Versus the Young Bucks of Nick and Matt Jackson for the AEW Tag Team Championships. So, two thoughts on this. Like... I think the Young Bucks have to win this from my personal view because I don't think they have another good opportunity where they can call themselves having a proper challenge to the tag team championships otherwise. They'll have to wait a while. Yeah, I do think that no matter what happens, no matter who ends up turning or what ends up turning or whatever, I think the Bucks have to win this match. This is a do-or-die match for them. And if they don't, then congratulations, you've stalled the careers of both Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, and for reasons I'm not sure what for. Yep. So they have to really sell me on a reason why in months to come, heading towards double or nothing, if they were to somehow keep the belts on Omega and Page. I think be smart about it. Just move the storyline along. Give the belts to the Young Bucks. Let them be the champions for a little while. They'll have plenty of heel opponents coming their way, proud and powerful. Have a win over them. Dark Order are hot as hell right now of Lucha Brothers even are still going to say, hey, look, why don't we have those belts yet? Come on. Um, there, there's a bunch of people who can throw it their way. Even Butcher and Blade for crying out loud. Yeah, um, or hell. even Or they do the thing that you say, turn the Bucks heel and suddenly now you can put them against SCU again. You can put them against the best friends. You can put them against, you can build Private Party back up. You can build Jurassic yes. Express up. Yes, there's so many ways. That's what I really want to see that triple heel turn. I want to see it happen. I want to see Hangman Page be dumped out. If you put a scene in that ring where Hangman Page is beaten down and alone, and he's just getting back up to a crowd trying to applaud him and let them know their appreciation for him, he needs no beers at that point. He is just going to get a meteoric response take some good camera fo- shots of that good photos out there of him standing on his own looking to rise to the top make it happen god damn it this is the mo- this is the moment do it cowards yes 
Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's World Championship. I I really want to see Chris Statlander be a champion, but I think you got to keep it on Nyla Rose at the moment. Yeah, I think that honestly is like Nyla Nyla needs this more than Chris does right now. Like yeah. Chris is Chris is I really love Chris. I think she's a really cool character. Like I mm-hmm. think that I think that the opportunity to put it on Chris was was the Riho match, and you fucked that up. And I think that, you know, honestly, putting it on Nyla right now, better call. Like, I think that she's a more interesting character. She's a more fully developed character. Like, you know, it's... It is a bigger it is a bigger thing that you have put it on this woman, and the fact that it is pissing all of these people off that I fucking hate gives me life. It gives me life so as well. Keep it on Nyla. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Chris. Yeah, keep it on her. I'd say if we want to talk a little bit beyond this show, because I don't think it'll happen at this show, have Chris put on a great match against Nyla, comes up short, Britt Baker comes out to mock her next dynamite. You got your next there tweet you go. right there. Britt Baker, perfect. Chris Statlander, perfect. We got it set up. We've saved it. Nyla Rose deserves to be top heel for a while. She is incredibly good on the mic. Just keep her away from the cliches. Absolutely. The, the cliche aisle is the bad aisle in the store. I wonder who goes up into that spot, though, after Chris. Oh, right, Sheeta. Duh. We already said I, that. I think it's got to be Hikaru Sheeta. I think Sheeta's overdue. Um, and she can lose still and look good doing it because, if nothing else, if you want to like, talk out-of-character reasoning. Um, she still goes to Makai in Japan for uh, theater stuff. Okay, that makes sense. I was wondering why we haven't seen a lot of her lately. Yeah, she was there for like two weeks recently. I've been watching her Instagram. Nice. And finally, oh, shit. for the AEW Men's World Championship, Chris Jericho, Le Champion, mm-hmm. versus... Here comes Death Rider, the IWGP United States Champion that we're not going to talk about, John Moxley. <laughs> so this has got to be the coronation of the first big champion of AEW outside of Chris, right? This is like you talk about the match and the quality it's going to be. It's going to be a decent match. The only thing I could possibly think of. Mm-hmm. The only way I could see them doing it is, and I was just thinking about this. Okay. What if Chris Jericho wins because John Moxley gets cost the match by Lance Archer? I mean, that would be very interesting. And you have a lot of background there because, yeah, who did take the title of the belt we won't mention uh, from Lance Archer other than John Moxley, Death Rider himself. Here um, comes Paradigm Shifter. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, uh, Shooter Umino interferes, Chris Jericho wins. Shooter Umino is in the inner circle. Fuck. <laughs> Shooter's all elite now? God damn it, this is great. If that were the case, I'd actually mark the fuck out. Let's be real about I, that. I would um, too. That would be so good. That would yeah, be so good. I think he's still in the Shooter, how wrestling. could you turn on your dad like that? <laughs> it, it would be one of those things, like, I will follow him anywhere, but he didn't let me follow him. So now I will break him anywhere. Um, God damn, that would be awesome! <laughs> oh fuck, I'm hype already. Um, so yeah, I, I I think this is the best time to just move the belt off Chris Jericho. Finally, give him reason to be heel some in some other way. Yeah, 
I won't blame I, I think anybody. Jericho at this, yeah, I think at Jericho at this point, he doesn't need the belt. Like, he's he's doing mm-hmm. A-OK, just getting himself over, getting these, uh, you know, getting the inner circle over. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, come on, man. People are fucking singing Judas whenever he comes out. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't need this title anymore. You've done a good no. job at this. And also, like, you know, you're not – you're this is a lateral move in a good way. You're putting the belt, like you're still keeping the belt on a guy that was a very top prominent top guy in another, in like the big company in, in this country. Like it's a name that people know. It's a face that people can go and say, Oh yeah, shit. I remember Dean Ambrose. Ooh, oh, he's the champion of this show now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's see what that's about. Like you're still getting the exact same effect as having Chris Jericho as a champion, but you're having mm-hmm. it on this cool, new, exciting, badass fucking baby face that, yeah, again, you can do all these different matches now. You could fucking build pack yeah. back up for this. You could build yeah. up like I don't know, fucking Havoc or like some other people. Yeah, let's not forget, John. Um John Moxley Impact did fight to a draw many, many they months did. ago. That is one potential. I I can see reasons why to keep it on Chris or extend it, but I think no matter what, you cannot have the Chris Jericho and John Moxley feud continue beyond this Saturday. I yeah. think this has to be the basically the climax of it and maybe some tailing off stuff, you know, Jericho trying to get back some stuff, but this is basically the crux of it. It ends this week. Yeah. Like this has to be like the big climactic, like finish mm-hmm. fight. And I mm-hmm. think that there yeah. is more upside to putting the title on Moxley than there is to keeping it on Jericho. I totally agree, and I think there's a lot of other storylines Chris could go down when he's not Le Champion. Um, I'm interested to see him, and I'm interested to see Moxley run with this belt and do whatever the hell Moxley wants to do. Because that'll be fascinating. Hell yeah, man. But that's what we think is going to happen. If you want to know what actually happens and what we think about it, uh, well, then you should probably go over to Patreon.cool for just $5 a month. You'll get all of our pay-per-view reviews and uh, you'll get sometime on Sunday or or whenever they do it or, you know, whenever I finish editing it, uh, Trace and Oscar are going to review Revolution. Yep, absolutely true. We're going to review it if Oscar's still alive and not sick then. Um, we'll talk match by match in exhaustive detail, way more than we do on this show. And, uh, yeah, if he's for some reason still sick or something like that, I'll cover it solo and talk through it. We'll find a way. Either way, yeah, we'll, y'all patrons we'll figure, are going to get it. Yeah, we'll figure out a way. And also, if he's if he's sick, then I'll just tag in for him. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's it's just a different show than here where we talk more about, like, the stuff around the matches. That's yeah. the old school We're format where we talk yeah, exactly. about the matches. Yeah, like for those that don't know, because yeah, this is exactly what Owen and I do for the WWE stuff too. It's like here mm-hmm. we're talking about everything around it. We're talking about like the stories around it. In these Patreon shows, we go way in depth on these matches. Like actually, like talking about moves, talking about the storytelling, talking about how it plays into everything. Like yep. you want it, you're gonna get it, fool. Because yeah. we don't give a fuck about time limits. We don't give a fuck about Tai Chi timers. I mean, I know it doesn't really matter because we've gone like two hours this week, but you know, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. We had a lot to say. There's a lot of shit going on, okay? There's a whole lot of shit. I mean, it was more about NXT than I thought there was. And AEW is like about having its big pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, as, I said, as I said in the chat, oh, maybe this will be the short episode, Famous Last Words. <laughs> I, well, we were doing it for Oscar at that point, you know, and we don't have the excuse that he, you know, drug us into another conversation that we've you know, had ten times before, but also, you know, 
it's fine. He he now now that we know he's you know resting comfortably, we can talk at length. Exactly. And anyway, uh. So yeah, that'll so some revolution content will happen. De- Trace will definitely be there. Maybe mm-hmm. Oscar, maybe me. We'll we'll figure it out. Yep. Uh one thing we also need to figure out though is so the bad place. Oh boy. The bad place has got that show tomorrow or uh in a few hours if you're listening to the recorded version on Thursday. Oh shoot. That's right. It's a Thursday show. WWE Super Showdown from Rydia, Saudi Arabia. They're saying the Saudi Arabia word again, Trace. Why? Why are they doing that? Because Vince doesn't give a single solitary fuck. I hate this. I really, I legitimately hate this. So, yeah, uh, Oscar and I had been talking about reviewing that show in some capacity for Patreon. Uh... One idea was we were just going to get really fucking drunk and watch the show and then do a podcast. Another idea was Oscar was going to simulate every match in 2K20 and we would just review that instead. I mean, that'd probably be more interesting because there'd be a lot more random vibrating into the ring situations. It's true. A lot more people losing limbs, which, again, Saudi Arabia accurate. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen, especially because, like, I mean, look, I'm not going to be able to watch this show live. I have a fucking day job, whatever. Uh, And Oscar's sick, and I don't know that I really want to force him to do that, especially when he's sick, especially if it's going to involve a lot of drinking. So, who knows? Maybe I'll just, like, maybe I'll just drink, like, half of that bottle of of whiskey that I have left and then just get on here and record a solo thing where I just be really sad. Yeah, I I don't know much about this... um show and i don't really want to other than i know it's in saudi arabia i know goldberg's probably there and oh yeah he's fighting the fiend and oh that lovely great idea for a match jesus christ the undertaker right the undertaker's probably going to be there in some capacity and they're moving less actual superstars there because they would like them to get back in a timely fashion true yeah i don't know we might have super showdown content but we also might not, because I might decide, yeah, no, I don't hate myself that much. Nobody's forcing you to go to the bad place. The thing is, with the current mental state I'm in right now, it could go either way. Ah, oh, fair, fair. Relatedly to that, we're going to have the Mother Show on Monday. He'll turn. That'll be a show. We'll probably not talk about Super Showdown, because fuck that. It was pretty bad. He's not going to watch it. Good. He's at PAX. I'm proud of him if he doesn't try to watch it before the show. But he might have to say, so John, tell me what happened. He'll probably do that. Mm -hmm. That's probably what will be what happened. Actually, no, he'll say, don't tell me what happened because you need to give us $5. Oh, no. What he'll do? Yeah. He'll say... So, John, tell me what happened. You get part way in it. No, actually, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're crap. right. Owen, yeah, you're right. Owen. You get nailed it. You nailed it. Yep. You did the Gene Okerlund thing. It's too hot for TV. It's not hot. <laughs> it's not hot. <laughs> 
and then yeah uh the one last uh you know a little bit of house cleaning here is you know we've been doing these uh casual fridays for a bit of just random fucking friday podcasts where we do weird shit posts or other nonsense um we have one in the pipe teddy cast countdown to prison that's taken a while i said it was gonna be this week last week it's gonna be whenever it's done i i actually want to make sure that this is right and good and also we're gonna take a little bit of a break from casual friday for a bit also just because yo we're fucking tired and this has been a lot and like you know hey it also helps that like we can't do the one next week that we had planned because well hard to do an idiot's guide to new japan cup when you know, they had to cancel two weeks of New Japan shows because of the coronavirus. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer, ain't it? It's like, shoot, um, now I'm not going to get my anniversary match between uh, Hiromu and uh, Naito. And we're not going to get opening matches for pretty much the entire New Japan Cup. Yeah, unless they just have to push all this back, which, you know, maybe they will. But also, man, this really sucks. Yeah, it sucks, and... Like, they're already having to deal with the potentials of, if it doesn't get canceled, the Olympics. Already having pushed the G1 Climax into a consult, into an area later in the year. They've yep. got this running up. It's like, they're really in a bad spot this year. And it has nothing to do with anything they're doing. It's just the world. Everything is a mess right now. And yeah. that's why Casual Friday is going away for a little bit. But it'll be back. Mm-hmm. Teddy Cast, maybe next week. Depends on if I actually get some sleep and stop being so burned out about everything. Yeah, understandable. And I'm more than happy to say now, especially with the coronavirus alive and well in Japan, y'all can be the New Japan experts. I'll be over here isolated. (laughs) (laughs) Just people? I don't know them. On that note... I think it's time to go isolate ourselves yes. at least for another week. Well, oh God, at yes. least, you know, at least until Saturday when y'all got to watch uh, take a, yep. uh, we got to watch AW Revolution. Oh, until then gotta. though, Trace where can we find you? So you can find me on Twitter at PSEG. You can also find me on twitch.tv/peaceegg. That's P E A C E E G G. I've been doing a lot of speed running lately. Um actually submitted two world records uh for games that you've probably not heard of. Um just this week, in fact. Um, what games? Um, so one of them is one I've been running forever. It's uh, Dead End Road. It's an indie game about it's being spooked by Satan while trying to drive to a house. That sounds um, cool. It's actually really fun. It's $2 on Steam. Buy it. All right. Um, I'll buy that. <laughs> and Horizon Chase Turbo, the rookie series. Um, it's basically a ripoff, or not a ripoff, an homage to Top Gear. Um, the racing game Top Gear, not the yeah, okay. old Angry Men in the UK Top Gear. And I set a record there without really meaning to because it's a category nobody runs and submitted it. It got verified uh, this afternoon. So two world records. Okay, cool. What does um, Jeremy Clarkson think of this game? I don't really give a shit what he thinks. He's uh, Anything he says is wrong because he's a racist old man. <laughs> True that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm also trying to like speed run outlast the spooky game with the camcorder. And yeah, spooky sp- scary times. So I'll probably be running that a little bit because i got to practice some things on, like, the short version of the run. Um, probably do it right before Revolution because otherwise my Saturday is going to go to waste waiting for Revolution. Hooray! So, yeah, just catch me uh, Twitter. Don't ask me about my power shit. I don't know. It's all broken New Jersey and y'all deserve it. And twitch.tv slash 
Yes, New Jersey deserves to die, and I hope they burn in hell. For uh-huh. I have been your host, John Gavreski Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Twitter at I am John GM, Instagram at I am John GM, video underscore shames on Twitch, and of course, Venmo at I am John. Pay the man. If you don't want to just pay me and actually want to support the site, then you can, of course, go over to patreon.cool. Sign up for our various tiers there. For $1, you get all the show notes and everything about, like, you know, these podcasts that we do and access to our Discord. For $5, you get a whole bunch of exclusive shows, including these pay-per-view reviews and other stuff. Uh, for $10, there's another bonus podcast. Again, we're probably going to change that, but, you know, that'll that'll happen after WrestleMania. Just shut up and pay the man. It's It's all going to him. Pay, give us money. Patreon.cool. It's not just cool. It's give us money. And of course, if you want to check out all the things that we're doing throughout the week, you can find us over at ProWrestling.cool. It's not just cool. It's ProWrestling.cool. Yep, that's the slogan. I'm not going to argue this. That's that's fine. <laughs> I, I actually don't know. If, is that actually the slogan? Close enough. Okay, I, I try not to say it usually because I think it's weird. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's just I've gotten so used to it over the past, like, five years that it just kind of doesn't even register anymore. Literally, it's like I tell people at my day job about this about this website. It's like, yeah, the oh, the, no. the website's ProWrestling.cool. It's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, no, that's a real URL that we own. And everybody's always like, dot .cool is a URL? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and just like you probably tell people now, like, yeah, I'm on twitch.tv slash pro wrestling. And they're like, wait, you got that? Yeah. We sure did. It's weird what happens when you sell your soul to Satan. Very good things. Happy Ash Wednesday, Owen. (laughs) Uh, For lunch, are you going to be giving up, you know, selling your soul any further? I'd just like to throw it out there. I, I asked him... Mm-hmm. Uh, if if it's true, the thing that I that I learned in tenth grade world history that oh, no. the not eating fish on Friday thing is actually just because the Pope at the time uh, wanted to help out the the fish sellers, and so just said that so that people would buy more fish. Oh, it did not answer me. I'm calling you the fuck out. <laughs> I know you're out there. I know you're listening to this. We, we love you, Owen. But seriously, hope you're having fun at Pax East. Hope you're having fun, Pax East. You'll never hear this. Don't don't listen to this podcast, Owen. It's too late now, but still. Yeah, don't don't listen to this. He doesn't need to know what we're doing here. He doesn't need to know. He, he won't know. He's too busy in Boston having fun with his rock band shit. <laughs> but all of you out there know what we've done. And I guess that's what really matters in the end. This has been episode 19 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse podcast covering the world of professional wrestling. Maybe the real friends are all the insults to own we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next Wednesday, folks. Y'all come back now, you hear? No. podcast
brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 